0: That's where, let me go back just one more time here, core values are guiding principles that dictate behavior and action within the ministry of the church, and then of course we have our five core values. So last week we looked at this idea of grace, and it came from Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, I'll remind us of that right here. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not of your own doing, it is a gift of God. Not as a result of work, so that no one may boast. So God has established grace, he has given us grace. Last time we learned that we are saved by grace, and this grace is God's unmerited, undeserved favor bestowed upon us by virtue of faith. Faith is actually not a work. People think it is, but it's it's not. Faith is a response to what God has already done in Christ. It's a natural response. It's, it's not a work, and if it was a work, then it would be by work. So faith is simply a response. I see the cross. I know the gospel. I want to believe in my heart, and it's a, it's a faith issue. And this is not earned. And we talked about God's nature last week, about God being caring and loving. It is the gift of God. And it's not based on human effort. Now, having said that, this is where I think people get into trouble in their Christian walk. Well, I've accepted Christ. Now I don't really have to do anything. I don't have to go out into the world. I don't have to tell people about Jesus. I don't have to do this. don't have to do that. Um, and so they get this mindset that once you're saved... You're in. And it doesn't matter how you live the rest of your time. Uh, Diedrich Bonhoeffer called that cheap grace. And actually would go on to say, uh, that's not really grace, it's disgrace. Uh, So, but here's the other end of that pendulum. You get saved, and then there's people who work to try to keep that salvation. And that's equally wrong. There has to be something, and God establishes. It's very, 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 very clear when you go through here and, and, and look at this. There is work to be done as believers. It is not to secure our salvation. Uh, it, it is not uh, something that is done as we, we, we live in fear that God's wrath will somehow come upon us. Let me assure you this morning, God's wrath was poured out on Christ on the cross where he paid for your sin and mine. But we can't simply stay idle. Can't simply stay idle in our Christian walk. God has established something that's very, very clear. I, I've actually come to understand this more and more the older I, I get. And, I, and I've gotten into this, this pattern in my life. When I see something, then I, I tend to act on it. Whether that's an impression, to pray for a, a young family that's walking into Walmart or, or uh, just whatever it is. Uh, I'm more attuned to that these days. So, we'll just look at what we're going to do today. First of all, we are created new. And he mentions here workmanship. This is in verse 10. Paul specifically puts this right after. He says you're saved by grace, it's not by works, but oh yeah, there's works to be done. But he qualifies this, and it's very, very important, and uh, this is why I felt like I could only do one verse today, because it's so deep. The reason is given here where he says for, that's because, or the reason that it's not of human origin or of human works. Uh, A lot of people go out there in the world, and they go, I'm going to I'm going to do something for God. And okay, I get that. I, I remember when I was a young pastor, I was going to claim the world for Jesus Christ. I was going to be out there. And a, as I've gotten older, maybe a little wiser, uh, I, I realized that I need to really take care of my own front yard and watch stuff uh, a lot closer. For we are his workmanship. Poyama. Poyama. Poyama, this is a very interesting word, very interesting. Uh, I I spent 45 minutes tracing everything around and believe me, there's times I have to get up and come down here and go back up and kind of walk around to clear my head because I got these words going on inside of me. Uh, This word, Poyama, is a product or something that is produced. It is used 27 times in the Old Testament Septuagint. It is used twice in the New Testament. So when we talk about poema, we are talking about something that is unique to the New Testament. And it's very unique. This word actually means a work of art. When you boil down the the Hebrew, and you move it forward so you have a a work of art. Years ago, Audrey and I were in Paris, and that's that's actually in the area of the Louvre. By the way, we experienced, uh, we we were there for, I think it was Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday, back, and uh, we sat in a French restaurant, for 45 minutes. We, we were young, we didn't know any better at the time, but the waiter kept passing us by. So we got up and we said, wow, this is kind of rude. So we walked down this little corridor and we found an Italian restaurant. We walked in, oh, hey, welcome. <laughs> yeah, we were pretty young. I, see, I had hair, it was cut short, but I had hair. Um, we were there basically to see this. We saw the Notre Dame, we did a clean sweep of everything that weekend. But there is a, which I actually have it, I didn't want to download my personal picture of it, but uh, I do have it, the Mona Lisa. I don't know where that invisible line is, Brian, probably right here, where I go behind the screen. I stood right there when I took that picture of the Mona Lisa. The Mona Lisa is well-guarded these days, for sure. But back, back then, people were crowded, cameras way up trying to get a picture of it. Today's value of the Mona Lisa is kind of infinite, but it's one billion dollars. One billion dollars. And that's a masterpiece. Michelangelo and some of the paintings that he did on just amazing Artwork that he did. When we talk about a piece of art or a work of art that he uses here, workmanship, you are God's blank canvas. And God begins creating a masterpiece. You are the masterpiece. The workmanship of God. And so, very interesting word, a work of art. You are a work of art. You are precious in God's eyes. He is painting his picture of you as you go out. You become his masterwork that is shown to people so that people can see what God is like. And so if the painting is missing or, or, or half full, it doesn't reflect the fullness of God. And so when he says you are his workmanship, meaning God is doing something in your life that you cannot do. It's still not by, by the works that you do. God is the one That is shaping and painting on, if you will, on on the canvas what he looks like as he lives his life through you and through me. Beautiful picture. I I was actually shocked that it's only used twice in, in the New Testament. And that's in the Septuagint. But in the Old Testament used 27 times. So 29 times totally that God uses the word workmanship. Maybe you'll see yourself a little differently that when you come to Jesus Christ, God begins with a blank slate and then begins painting this masterpiece. And you're the masterpiece. Not that you're the master, but you're the masterpiece. And as you live your life, as we'll learn in just a minute, as you live your life, God begins to put Beautiful pictures of himself on the canvas of your heart. And uh, quite beautiful. I, and and I, I think also to attack, and I'm not, maybe, maybe attack's the wrong word, to correct some of the wrong thinking that as a Christian, I'm just going to go out and do stuff. There is nothing that comes in your life that is by total random chance. Nothing. And Paul reveals it here. He mentions here that we are his workmanship. But we are also created. We are also created. Created in Christ Jesus. Katatizo. Katatizo. Or to make or create something that has not existed before. I remember King Solomon said there's nothing new under the sun. Of course this was... In a different context, katakizo is to make or create something that has not existed before. Quite amazing. Um, do I have it? Nope, I don't. Okay. Um, when God created the heavens and the earth, you still see remnants of that. Uh, the M thirty one cluster. Uh, last Saturday, I got certified to use the. Uh, out at the observatory, got certified to use the telescopes and all the equipment. Uh, the M31 is a cluster probably right up in here, and it, it, it's a massive cloud, and in that cloud are more stars than there are in our universe. It's amazing what God has done. And when you see these nebula and how stars are created and still being created and stars dying... Listen, everything has a cycle. Everything has a cycle. We are born, we live, we die. Stars are born, they live, and they eventually die. But they go out, if you've seen this, when, when a star finally dies, it goes out in brilliant colors. It's quite amazing. And when we die, we go into amazing colors. This is God, folks. And God created the world. He created you. He is painting a beautiful masterpiece on the canvas of your heart. And this is not what, This is not from us. It's still not from us. You say, well, we're called to do good works. Yes, we are. But I don't think it's we run out there and we're just going to do good, 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 good. Okay, I guess that's okay to a point. But I don't want to get it confused with the real issue here. The real issue is even the works that God has planned, those were planned beforehand. Nothing comes... I'm going to tell you this again. Nothing comes into our life that hasn't already been designed by God for a purpose. There is a reason. This created in Christ Jesus, this is the wonderful news. Uh, Therefore, this... uh, I remember sitting in, I think at that time I was in Bible college and I was in Dr. Haney's class. And he said, does anybody know 2 Corinthians 5, 17? And I stood up and I said, "Uh, therefore, if any man is in Christ, he's a new creature. The old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. And he said, Michael must be in revival, which my church was in a revival setting. But he creates us brand new. The old is done. And in place of that, there's, if you will, the workmanship of God. Think about that canvas for a moment where God is painting his image on us. So that when we go out there, people can see the image of God in us. And It puts a different spin on it, I think. It puts a different spin on it. Peter O'Brien in his commentary wrote this. Christ Jesus is the realm of God's new creation, just as divine election was in him. That's in Ephesians 1.4. At the same time, it is theologically correct to state that the new creation has been inaugurated by God through Christ. Who did the creation of the world? God. Actually, God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. But when we are created new, we are completely new. I know you've seen people that get saved and their lives totally change. Well, that's what God does at, at creation. The old life that we lived is done away with. That doesn't mean the old life doesn't kind of come back, come back to haunt us and challenge us. But the fact is that Jesus Christ died on the cross to pay for that sin completely. It's done. It's washed away. And in place of that, God begins to do something New and he's he's absolutely right uh it was inaugurated by God through Christ. that is something totally new, and then at that point, God begins this masterpiece, if you will, of your life. We are created new to do god's work. Now, I want to kind of show you something here. I think it's important. We are created in Christ Jesus for good works. This word good is agathos. And it means positive moral qualities. But here's the issue. Salvation must come first. If there has not been a regenerated heart then any works that are done are still not good works. That's key. People think that by doing good, they are working for God. Even Christians say, if I'm out there doing good, I'm, I'm working for God. Maybe, maybe not. You ever had people do something and you know there was a secret motive behind it? That may not be, it may be doing a good work, but for the wrong reason. It may be to bring glory to yourself and not to God. So what is it, pastor, that you are talking about? Agathos. Then there's the word ergon. It's cinched in the next phrase. We'll get to that in a second. Ergon is a task. Something that is specifically designed by God for you to do. I remember when God called me to preach, believe me, I did not this was not a self-calling. There was a series of things that God brought into my life that I came to realize on Valentine's Day that God was in fact calling me into the ministry. That was the ergon the task that God had given me, and of course, that task is multifaceted and 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 so when I surrendered to that, I had to give up. I had eight years to retirement, I left that, and my first job in Bible college was cleaning toilets now. I did not do that with a bad attitude. I looked at that as fulfilling, and I cleaned, those, I cleaned that, those restrooms just like I would have if I would have been getting ready for a military inspection. My first little church, I made $125 a week, which kept us fed for the entire month, $125 and that was a task that was given to me by God. So through the years, I've wanted to refine my skill. I wanted to do things that would magnify my ability to fulfill the task that God is giving me. And that's what really life is about. It's about fulfilling the task and doing it to the best of your ability. And learning all you can about the task that God has given you. And to do it With everything that you have. Now. You have a task too. I can't tell you what that task is. But I can tell you this. Jesus said in Matthew 5.16. In the same way let your light shine before men. So that they may see your good works. And give glory to your father who is in heaven. It is never ever ever about us ever the good works that we do and the canvas that God is painting it is all to bring glory to him it is never about us this is I you don't want to stand up and go look at what I did I'm so great that's done you're not going to get a reward for that because if you do that most of the most of the time It's people that you don't suspect that are doing the most good for the kingdom of God because they don't. But when you're out there and people see the good works that you do, the whole purpose of the good work is to draw them to the Father. So we go out there on the highways and byways of life. Here's the key. Here's the key. Is that these will come our way and I believe that they are designed by God. And oftentimes, we may miss them. Now, notice what he says. Now, let me give you another. This is another good verse. Hebrews thirteen sixteen. And do not forget to do good with those. For with such sacrifices, God is pleased. So, in a sense, good works are sacrifices. They're offerings to God. So to recap, where we're at right now. God saved us. It was not by our human effort or merit. God saved us. We are his workmanship or masterwork of art to do tasks given to us by God. Here's the kicker. This is where I believe sometimes we miss it which God prepared beforehand. proetamatismo, proetamatismo, to make ready and advance. You think about this for a minute. It's, this little phrase kind of really, kind of turns things a little bit. So when you're out there and some opportunity comes to you, you have the opportunity then to do something for God that has already been prepared. That's the work. That's the work. That's the work that God has called us to do. You see somebody that's homeless. That person comes into your life. Somebody has a need, it comes into your life. Uh, you, somebody at work comes into your life. That's the work. That's what God has prepared beforehand. And ultimately, that will lead them to see Jesus as he paints on the canvas of your heart. And you reveal what God is. Those moments of opportunity that come to our doorstep, we act upon that not giving, self, not giving uh, glory to ourselves, but taking the opportunity to say, let me help you, pull you up, whatever it needs. Those things come into our lives and we act on those things because we know that these works have been prepared beforehand. And ultimately, all of us at some point have missed it. I, there's no way around this for good works which God prepared beforehand. Anything that comes into our hearts, into our lives, has been prepared by God. And our work then is not I'm gonna go do something, but when these opportunities come, and I'm not saying you shouldn't do good works, but be careful with it. But when those moments come into your life, you go, oh, wait a minute, maybe God wants me to do something here. And I'm going to do it. And I'm going to give glory to him because he brought it into my life. And that's a whole different perspective than just doing good to be doing good. That is targeted listening and looking for opportunities that God brings us every day. A couple of weeks ago, I kind of work ahead a little bit. A couple of weeks ago, there was a woman in a wheelchair trying to reach something. I saw it, and I go, let me get that for you. I didn't, I didn't say, do you mind? I just get it. Which, what, do you, what do you? Those are moments that come into our lives that we need to look at and go, wait a minute. Everything that comes into my life has to have been ordained by God. And therefore, I want to act on that. And it, You know, it doesn't, I think, one of the most unsung Jobs in the church is sending out cards. I think it's it's an important ministry. We'd look at it and we'd go, uh, "You get a card in the mail from somebody. It's just amazing." And uh, most people don't brag about that. They just send them out, and it's quite amazing. Obviously, when when the need is brought to the person that writes it. That person takes and writes out a card because a need that was brought to them and is sent out. That's a work of God. It's the little things in the kingdom of God that have the biggest impact in the kingdom of God. It's not a pastor that sits up and yells at you for 35 minutes. It's the little things that you do each day that God brings into your field and you act on it. Curtis Vaughn writes this, which God prepared beforehand. I love Curtis Vaughn. Excellent. They are not mere accidental attachments. (laughs) So right. They are part of God's eternal plan for his people. We are created for them They are ready for our doing. All we need to do when those moments of opportunity come into our lives, God has prepared that, and we just walk by it. No. We say, this came into my life. God must want me to do something here. And sometimes you're not able to do it, but you may know somebody that does. Then you take it to them and say, there's this need This is, doesn't this radically change the way you view your life now? And that, and that God is doing a work in you that only God can do in your life. You are a masterpiece. You are a masterpiece of God. And he is playing his image out in front of you so that you can show other people what God looks like. Now this is a lot different than okay I'm gonna go out there and I'm gonna I'm gonna work. Yeah. That's a that's a game changer. And I know you guys and gals do a pretty good job at this, but it still still needs to be preached. And our reaction oh yeah, I gotta click. There we go. God's plan, he brings these into our lives. And our response, I bet you all were sitting there thinking there's no way he's going to preach 35 minutes on one verse. (laughs) I know y'all were thinking it's the elephant in the room. Uh, I'm, I'm right now halfway through. No, I'm kidding. Listen to this. That we should walk in them. Did you catch that? Ergon, God puts these opportunities in front of us and we walk in those opportunities. Parapipato, parapipato. Some of these are really difficult to... To live and behave in a customary manner. And I made a special note here. When we see an opportunity, we do it. You say, well, pastor, that can be taken a lot of different ways. And you're saying, I'm supposed to be out there looking for God's opportunities?" Yes, I am. Things that come into our lives are not there by chance. And it really comes to an obedience issue, doesn't it? This week, look, look. Look around. Look how many opportunities will come your way and my way. And sometimes we seem to sanctify the issue. I'll pray about that. I look at it this way, in light of this verse and in light of salvation. I don't know, maybe this is too rough, but I'm going to say it anyway. Maybe that's baptizing disobedience. when you see a need, God says, I want you to look at this, and I want you to walk in it. In other words, you have opportunities every day of the week, and I know you guys and gals do a great job with this, but we need to be more alert, more aware of our world around us. Um, It is easy. It's easy to hunt the ball to somebody else. I'll just share, there was a, I don't know, it was a long time ago. We were living here. And, uh, it's been a long time since somebody knocked on our door with needs. Um, There was a man from, I think it was, Ukraine or this was years ago, I'm talking years ago I had hair uh, was living here he came up and he knocked on a door of the parsonage and I opened it and he said I'm trying to get to Florida I would like to wash your windows so he slung water all over the side, but he didn't ask for money. He asked for a donation, and I won't tell you what I gave him, but I gave him money. I say that as an opportunity, sometimes it'll knock on your front door, and sometimes it'll knock at Walmart, sometimes it'll knock at the gas station. Sometimes it'll knock when you're out in the highways and byways of life. And the, an- the solution is we got to an- answer the door and then say, wait a minute. This is obviously from God. I'm going to walk in this. I'm going to behave. And this is literally, if you go back and look, uh, it means to behave in a customary manner. So... These are opportunities, and we can't let these opportunities go by. We got to remember that God's trying to show people what He's like. And if God's people don't show what He's like, then how are they going to see Him? Max Sanders, God has prepared a path of good works. Yes, He has. Yes, He has. For Christians, which he will bring about in and through them while they walk by faith. That's clear. Three of the top seven scholars are saying the same thing. And I found it when I was going through the language that these are not just random chance stuff. This is what God has put in our path so that we go, wait, whoa, 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 stop everything. This is something God wants me to do. I even get corrected by my wife every once in a while, just so you all know. She she corrects me a lot. I'll give you an example of that. The time that she corrected me, it was a week and a half ago. There was a woman out here on the lawn bringing mail that had and I was like here's your mail and this person started opening up to me because I was a pastor and I said that's that's rough and then we talked for a few minutes she was crying and, and I went in the house and my wife said you did pray with her didn't you So I got outside the house. By the way, men, your wives can be a great asset when you miss stuff. Do you think God knew that moment about the male being misplaced? She came over, she was crying, and then I went over to her house, went into the backyard, called for her, she came out, and I said, can I pray with you about this? Now I'm not saying this to say, look how great I am, because my wife had to correct me, so it had nothing to do with that. (laughs) pastor but I saw that as an opportunity even a random chance misplacing of mail to say look how much God cares about my life to bring something seemingly so insignificant but this woman was crying and hurting And on a normal day, thank you, which was kind of... Until my wife walked in, she said, well, did you pray with her? I was like, yeah, I forgot. It happens. So that's why I'm so adamant about this now. Let me remind us all of something this morning. You are created new... So that God can work through you. Start looking at opportunities differently this week. Listen and look for opportunities that come to your doorstep and are knocking because, oh, I didn't finish the quote. See, that's what pastors call chasing rabbits. Got to get back to the place. This does not mean that we do a good work for God. Absolutely. It means that God does good work through us as we are faithful and obedient. Every one of these scholars, and myself included, understand this to be that God has prepared these good works for us. And my wife caught one that I didn't. And I should have known better. And then I said, I got to go back out there because my wife just. (laughs) Take the time to look for these opportunities that come to your doorstep and share the gospel, share love, share peace. I'm telling you, after I prayed with her, you could see the expression on her face like, I said, you do know I'm a pastor, right? And she said, yes, I I figured you were the pastor. What would that mean? That one little male, what would that mean in the grand scheme of God's plan? I don't know. I don't have to answer that question. All I have to do is to be obedient to do it. That's the key. It doesn't matter how insignificant or how big it is. So I hope that this has encouraged you, given you a different perspective on life in general. And like Andrew said here, it does not mean that we do the work for God. God works through us. And you see what happens here as we put this all together. God begins painting a masterpiece, a work of art. And that's you. That's me. Father, we thank you for this time together. Lord, I pray that this message would have glorified you. Father, I ask that uh, help us this week. Help us this week to look for those moments of opportunities that you give us. Help us not to miss those, Lord. It's easy to do. It's easy to miss. But let us look at these opportunities and do them not because we get the glory but because we believe in our hearts that you've preordained these